So good to see each and every one of you. What a great time of worshiping Jesus together this morning. In case you don't know, my name is Kyle, and it's so good to meet you. Uh, I don't know which one I get more excited about when I come to church. Obviously, worshiping Jesus trumps everything, but uh, a couple things I get really excited about. I get excited about seeing people that I know that we have to worship together with every single week and follow Jesus together. And I also get really excited when I get to meet people for the very first time. And it's just a joy uh, to meet those that I got to meet today. And we're so glad to have each and every one of you here. And we're so glad that we get to worship uh, together. I'm going to throw this out there, get this out of the way so that I can focus and move on. I'm hungry. (laughs) I, I... has nothing to do with anything we're going to talk about. It's just so I can say that and, and get that over there and move on. I don't know why, but I am. Um, it's been a fun week in our family. I don't know what that person just said. Um, <laughs> medium rare. All right, so I don't know uh, how your week's been. It's been a fun week in our family. Uh, our twins, Tess and Tice, they turned six this week, and we're really excited for them. They're growing up and doing really, really well and uh, just loving life and getting bigger and and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm going to take a moment um, to brag on my wife. I think that God is uh, honored when we uh, brag on our spouses and when we lift them up. My wife's not here today. She's in Dallas, Texas. And the reason why she's in Dallas, Texas is because she's there with her business and the convention and all that kind of good stuff. And she received several top awards, which was really, really cool for her effort and hard work, which I'm just really, really proud of her. But she received uh, not only those awards that she worked for, But she received one award that's just really, really cool, that you don't get for what you do, you get for who you are. And in her company, it's called the Harmony Award, and her company awarded her the Harmony Award, which is just really, really cool, really, really big deal. I love my wife. She's phenomenal. She loves Jesus, and she's just a great, great lady, and so I just just love her a lot. And she misses you guys this morning, and uh, she'll be catching up, listening online, and you can too. If you've missed any of this series called We Will Follow, we're wrapping it up today. And um, I'd love to repeat everything that we've said over the last several weeks because it's just been good stuff from the Word of God. But I'm not going to do that this morning because I'm hungry. And, uh, but you can go online uh, to hollandchapel.org or download our app on your uh, smartphone, and you can uh, catch those uh, sermons online. Well, today as we continue uh, this series and wrap up this time together of We Will Follow, we've been talking about this over the last several weeks because of what we're called to do and what we're all about here at Holland Chapel because we're all about our mission and our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. It's on the screen for you. It says helping people find and follow Jesus. This is what we're all about. Would you say it with me? Helping people find and follow Jesus. Say it again. Helping people find and follow Jesus. This is Jesus' mission for our church. This is Jesus' mission for our lives. This is why he created us. This is why he saved us. And this is what he has called us into to help others find and follow Jesus. I want to take just a moment And just celebrate and share with you some of the really amazing things that have been taking place among us over the last several weeks, which I think are just incredible. Over the last several weeks, we've heard so many stories from you about getting into the Word of God on a regular basis. Man, that makes me so, so happy. 
If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to know what Jesus is telling you, and you do that through the Word of God. Over the last several weeks, people have been baptized. Over the last several weeks, people have been getting together with other followers of Jesus to make disciples. I'm getting just a little bit excited. Some people are consistently praying for and talking with their friends who aren't followers of Jesus yet. And you've been sharing stories with us about that process and that friendship that you've been in with people and how this whole thing of making disciples is messy, but it's beautiful. It's hard, but it's worth it. Bible studies and prayer groups have been started in the workplace over the last several weeks. I think that's crazy, crazy cool. Dads and husbands are recognizing their, whole, their responsibility in discipling their family. Um, my HC group, which I love, uh, we normally meet at our home, and uh, we enjoy getting together with that group of people that are dear, dear friends to us, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I don't mind saying a lot of discipleship is happening among us, and it's a beautiful thing to watch and to see. And as we uh, kicked off our time in talking about We Will Follow, we had a question that we posed to the kids. And if you're an HC group, you, you probably posed this in your group. I think the question's coming on the screen. And the question was simply this. What do you think it means to follow Jesus? So we're asking the kids this. So in our group, I think our oldest, uh, I think, is 12. And then it goes all the way down to, 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 to babies. And so uh, the 8-year-old, the 10-year-old, and the 12-year-old, and all the 6-year-olds, they gave their answers. And they said some really, really cool stuff. It was really encouraging. Because I don't know about you, but when your kids talk, they kind of reveal a lot of stuff, right? So when my kids talk, I get a little worried. Right? You know, what's going to come out, you know, because they've been watching me, you know, and... And so it was really interesting to hear them answer this question. We had kids say, like, they just said, man, believe that Jesus died for you and that he rose again. Okay, awesome answer. Um, we had kids say, read the Bible and do what it says. Okay, awesome answer. Um, another one said, be baptized. Awesome answer. All of those things are a part of following Jesus. Last, but certainly not least, this little man that the picture is coming on the screen Brady, with his Samson hair, he's an awesome kid. He's back behind me. We're outside. We're on the deck, and um, it, was, it was a nice evening. It was uh, a good, a good weather outside. And he was kind of back here behind this big old kind of palm tree thing, and he was kind of back here behind it, kind of had his head down. And, and um, he kind of spoke up, and I said, Brady, do you have an answer? And he said, yeah. And then he put his head down, kind of almost mumbling, couldn't really hear him, didn't really know what he was saying, didn't know if he was answering the question or not at first. I just didn't know if, you know, he needed to announce that he liked the car that he was playing with or what. Brady, four years old, said, get behind him and take every step that he takes. You give me a better definition of discipleship than that. Get behind Jesus and take every step that he takes. So I don't know how you would answer that question. What does it look like to follow Jesus? But I encourage you to lean in to the answer that Brady gave. Get behind Jesus and take every step that he takes. 
as I was hanging out with some friends of mine who are disciples and God is using them to disciple me and I pray God is using me to disciple them. We were talking about discipleship. We were talking about following Jesus. And uh, one of my friends said that uh, in his mind, discipleship, you know, looked like Jesus walking and, and, and Jesus, you know, goes straight. You know, here's Jesus here and he's going here. Uh, you could take scripture and say the straight and the narrow, if you will. And so I think we've got a picture on screen of Jesus. I really don't know what Jesus looked like. I don't know if he wore sunglasses or not. But anyway, um, anyway, we found this flannel graph. So anyway, there's Jesus. And Jesus is walking in this straight line. And my friend went on to say, but a lot of times our part in that doesn't really look the same. And, and put the next slide up there. He said, our footprints look a lot more like this sometimes. Anybody else with us on that deal? It's not the way it's supposed to look, but a lot of times the way it does look. And I began to think about that, and, and we came up with this image to put it on the screen because I thought, man, there's just some serious value in thinking about this for just a moment. Now here's Jesus, Brady, saying, get behind him and take every step that he takes and on Sunday morning, right, we're like, uh-huh, yeah, amen, got that, that's good. But I think somewhere about Monday morning, we start heading that way. Are you with me? I mean, work's happening. The Monday just, here we go, starts going. You're off to work. You do your thing. You get home. You got to figure out dinner for the family, right? Then you got to get them to music lessons, and then comes Tuesday, you're back to work, the blur is going again, you got to figure out dinner tonight at the ballpark, right? Are you with me? Is life busy or is life busy? I mean, none of you in this room need anything more to do. We have plenty to do, and we find ourselves just kind of going here and going there. I don't know, I might suggest to you that, that on the far outreaches there, on that first curve up, that far outreach there maybe kind of starts looking like, you know, Wednesday, hump day, right? You've got a deadline at work on Thursday, and man, you're feeling it. Ugh. You push through, you get it done. Thursday evening, the new movie comes out, you got to go check that out. And then Friday, hallelujah, finally Friday going to get to hang out with friends, and, and maybe Friday night, we're kind of out there on the edge. We're distracted. We're maybe a little bit discouraged, possibly tempted, and we find ourselves kind of going that way. And then somewhere on the weekend, Saturday's always a blur, right? Saturday, we don't know how to describe Saturday. Saturday's just a blur, right? It's great, but it's a blur. And then we start trending back and we kind of cross paths with Jesus on Sunday morning. We intersect with him, if you will. And so this morning, as we are hopefully, at the very least, coming here today, intersecting with Jesus, if we're not careful, we intersect with him, and we go back on Monday and we do it all over again. And then if we, you know, have time next Sunday, we, we make it on back. And then we start curving up. And notice all the footprints up here. I call that the meander. You know, that, that's the seasons of life where things get so busy that you can't even show up on Sunday. 
And I got to thinking about all the seasons of, of life throughout the year that we experience. And I was thinking about, you know, summer, that's definitely a season. Uh, hunting, that's a season. Baseball, that's a season. And I stopped right there because I realized there are so many seasons represented every year in our lives in this room that I cannot even think of all of them. And some of you are involved in all of them, right? I mean, it's just one thing after another, and we meander around, and, and you know, and whew, we're just so busy. We forget even intersecting with Jesus for a season of our lives because we're too busy to even find ourselves showing up on Sunday morning. Right about now, you're sitting there, and you're like, yeah, this is where it comes. He's going to get on to us for being gone on vacation. He's going to get on to us for doing this and doing that. We need to cut back on this and cut back on that. Listen, if that's where you're going with this, you're missing the point completely. You're here this morning because to some level or degree, you value church. You value the gathering. And do I want you to value church in the context of the gathering? Absolutely. But what I want you to understand and get is that Jesus is not calling you to intersect with him once a week on Sunday morning. I would say to you, not only is that not church and what it really is supposed to be, it is definitely not what following Jesus looks like. You see, when you get up and go to work in the morning, you have just as great of an opportunity to follow Jesus as you do when you wake up on Sunday morning and go through the rat race of getting all the kids ready and making it here on time, right? Some of you sat down, you're like, whew, we made it, right? You're really proud of yourself. You got it done this morning. Everybody got all, you know, looking okay and, you know, nobody died, you know what I'm saying? If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, and you're here Listen, this is a big deal what we're doing right now, but this isn't it. Jesus did not call you to intersect with him. He called you to so much more. He called you to not merely accept him. He called you to follow him. He called you to follow him, not just to show up for an hour on a Sunday, but to every day of your life, put one step after another behind him. This picture, though, I think is really, really encouraging for us to know, though, that Jesus does not give up on us when we meander, when we wander. When we go our own direction, when we not merely just get busy in the seasons of life, but we get bogged down in the temptation of sin, Jesus is always waiting for us to come back on his path and to follow him. We have a huge word to describe this. It's the reason why all of us are here today, and the word is grace. We are followers of Jesus today, not because we're good, not because we've got it all together, but because of Jesus and his grace and his mercy for us. That's why we're here, and that's why we are following him. The call is to come follow me. 
on Sunday? Yeah, sure. On Monday? Yep, that day too. On Tuesday? On Wednesday? On Thursday? On Friday? Definitely on Friday. Daily, Jesus says, come follow me. In and through the power of the resurrection of Jesus, we turn from our sin to a Savior. In and through the power of the resurrection of Jesus, we turn from our lostness to the Lord. I think we use that word lost a lot in church and or in Christianity, if you will. People are lost and they need to be found. And I think maybe this picture maybe describes our lostness. We're wondering a lot, right? And Jesus is like, let me show you the way. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So when Jesus calls me to follow him, he calls me to come and die. But he calls me to something deeper. He calls me to come and truly live. So this calling that is upon you and this calling that is upon me from Jesus is to live in a way that he intended for us to live. Him being our Lord, our master, him guiding our steps. So with all of these thoughts about following Jesus and, and the words of, of young Brady, just get behind him and take the steps that he's got. Look at John chapter 13, verse 34. John chapter 13 and verse 34. Um, If you need a Bible, there should be one under the seat in front of you somewhere there. Feel free to grab one. John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35. My Bible is one of those in which uh, certain words are written in red, which kind of caused me and you hopefully to even give greater attention to what is being said because Jesus, the one who died for us, is the one speaking. And in John chapter 13, verse 34, the lights are flashing. Really, 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 really pay attention because it's in red. Verse 34, Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Here we go. More stuff to do, right? You've got to understand the commandments of God are gifts. They are gifts in which protect you. They are gifts in which promote good, healthy relationships. They are things that keep you, I mean, we did, out of jail. They keep you out of divorce court. The list could go on and on and on of the commandments of God and how he gave them to us, not because he wants to keep us out of fun, but because he wants to keep us in real life. And so he says, I've got, a, I've got a new one for you, a new commandment. Here it is. Love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my Disciples. I want to read those two verses again. Let's go back to verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So in this moment, Jesus, Jesus calls us calls his disciples to love each other. 
And he gives us two big reasons why we ought to love each other, okay? Look at the scripture. Take a moment. Let's study together. Two big reasons. Look at your Bibles. Look on the screen. Two big reasons why Jesus calls us to love each other, all right? The first reason is in verse number 34. He calls us to love each other because he loves us. So the biggest reason why Jesus is calling me and calling you into this commandment is because he wants us to be like him. He knows that his way is perfect. He knows that his way is best. And so he says to me, I want you to love each other. Let me tell you why. Because I've loved you. Again, what are the steps of Jesus? He's going in a straight line. My job is to get behind him and take every step that he takes. What does Jesus do over and over and over and over? He loves us. He loves us. Let's forget about our lives for just a minute. Let's think about our last week, just the last week of time. Have you made it challenging for God to love you this last week? And what has God done? He's loved you. Jesus has loved you. Always has loved you. Still loving you. And always will love you to the point of death. Do you realize Jesus died Because he loves you? Do you realize that in spite of all of your sin, my sin, all the horrible things we've done, Jesus died? Why? Because he loves us and does not want to leave us the way that we are. So a huge reason why he calls us to love each other is because he loves us. Another huge reason is found in verse number 35. He calls us to love each other because when we do, it will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I said this earlier on in this teaching time, but you've you got to understand that this whole word Christian was a name that the world thrust upon followers of Jesus. It wasn't something people went around and said, hey, I'm a Christian. No, they followed Jesus. They were so Christ-like that the world around them called them Christians. They followed Jesus to the point that they started looking like him. They started loving each other. They started sharing. They started giving. They started doing all the things that Jesus does. And the, and the world around looked at this. Man, you guys are Christians. You guys are like Christ. And Jesus is like, I want you to make it known to the world that you are my disciples. There are many ways that we can make it known to the world that we are disciples. One of the coolest, prettiest Amazing ways that we can make known to the world that we're followers of Jesus is through baptism. When someone gets put under the water and brought back up, they're shouting to the world that they're a disciple of Jesus and said, hey, if you want to prove to the world that you're my disciple, love each other. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here, but I really want you to understand the magnitude that our love for each other has upon the world around us. They're looking at us. They're not looking to see if we're perfect or not. They know better. But listen, if you want to get their attention and you want to draw their attention to the one who has changed you, love each other. What do you mean love each other? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Parents, love your children. Children, Love your parents. Brothers, love your brothers. Sisters, love your sisters. Church family, 
love each other. And I know what you're thinking. People are hard to love. I know everybody's not like me. I get it. I, I know that you just, whoo, Kyle, he's just, I know you've got some people in your life who are hard to love. I know that. I know that. I'm trying to do my part not be one of those people for you. It's hard. I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard to marry the, love the person you're married to. I mean, love is a consistent decision, right? Love is not something you fall into, right? Love is something you decide to give your life to. Our kids sometimes are really hard to love. Our family sometimes really hard to love. The people we worship with sometimes really hard to love. And yet he says, hey, because I loved you, love each other. And when you do, you will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow. The world is waiting for us to love each other. It's massive. It's huge. If we want to help people find and follow Jesus, and I believe that we do, one of the biggest ways we can do that is by loving each other. And I'm challenged just like you are. And it takes the love of God in me and through me and the Spirit of God controlling me to do that. But that's what he has called us to do. And he's provided his love and he has provided his spirit. So I'm going to give you this big idea to digest and to chew on and to, to work through a little bit. And that is it. Let's prove to the world that we are disciples of Jesus. Church, I, I, I'm, I, I'm giving you the call of Jesus here. Let's prove to the world. Because, listen, you got to understand, when you follow Jesus, it isn't about gaining God's favor. Do you understand God gives you his favor because he wants to, not because you earn it? Back to that big word we mentioned earlier, grace. You have God's favor because God gives you his favor. So when I'm following Jesus, I'm not doing it to earn the favor of God. I'm doing it because I'm in the favor of God. And when I'm following Jesus, I'm not doing it so everybody will look at me and say, look at that good guy. Man, he's just great. Man, that's awesome. Woo, what a, what a godly dude that is. Man, I bet God just really likes him. No, it's not about me at all. It's not about you at all. It's about people seeing me, me proving that I'm a disciple so that I can point to the one that I'm following who they desperately need to, and his name is Jesus. So when I'm following Jesus, I have the opportunity that you don't have if you're not following Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, do us all a favor and quit pointing at Jesus. Because you're messing the whole thing up. Follow Jesus. And in your following Jesus, take that opportunity to say, that guy, that one, Jesus, the one who died for me, the one who rose again for me, I'm following him. If you're seeing anything good here, it came from him. How am I continuing to get it? I just keep stepping where he steps. And when I step out, he's kind enough to come get me, and I get back in step. And we offer this grace and we offer this forgiveness and we offer this hope and this salvation to others. Let me give you some things that, uh, 
disciples experience and therefore disciples display, okay? just want to share these with you, just process them as I share them. Disciples of Jesus Christ have experienced grace. Disciples of Jesus Christ have experienced forgiveness. Disciples of Jesus Christ fully believe that Christ died for their sin and that he rose again. Disciples of Jesus Christ love each other. We're not making that one up, are we? We just read it in John chapter 13. Disciples of Jesus Christ promote unity among their church family and meet needs as they are revealed. Disciples of Jesus Christ live humble lives that join, excuse me, that gain respect of those around them, thus earning the right to be heard again. Following Jesus, hey, what's up with you? Jesus. Disciples of Jesus Christ are generous with their lives and direct all praise to God. Disciples of Jesus Christ will witness and be in awe of God's power moving among them in the local church. Ask me why I read what God's been doing among us a few minutes ago and shared that with you. Because I'm so excited about it and God's doing all of it. And you got to understand, I kind of restrained myself. There is so much more I would like to tell you that God's doing among us. God is doing amazing things through his church. To him be the glory. Disciples of Jesus Christ gather around and celebrate the Lord's table through communion. Disciples of Jesus Christ spend time edifying and being edified by other disciples. Faith is strengthened through fellowship. Disciples of Jesus Christ are devoted to daily Bible study and application of the word. Disciples of Jesus Christ follow Jesus every day. Understanding that Jesus is leading them at work, at dinner time, at errand time, at busy time, at downtime, at party time, all the time. Jesus is calling you to follow him every single day of your lives. Let me just go ahead and tell you something. Jesus was already at your workplace before you showed up. And I know some of you are thinking, you don't know my workplace. (laughs) Right? I mean, you know, I can't say that because I work at the church. I mean, he's already there. I'm saying, like, I'm not amazed that he's already there. That's what I'm saying What I want you to understand, like, God has a plan for you to follow him at work. At work. I believe God puts you in your job on purpose. Not just to provide for your family, but provide you an opportunity to follow him and help others follow him. I believe God puts you on your street on purpose. I believe that you live where you live on purpose. God put the people around you, whether they're followers of Jesus or not, I believe that he's, he's, he's a part of all of that, knowing that you can have an opportunity to influence them towards Jesus. We follow him all the time. So church, let's decide today. Whether it's your first time or whether it's just a daily call that you've been called to answer, let's decide today. We will follow. I'm going to say those um, words, three words, several times. We will follow. You don't have to say them with me. 
but I just want to speak them over us for just a moment and allow you to wrestle with, am I in? Is that me? Is that my heart? Am I in this thing together? And by the way, that whole meandering thing that we saw on the screen there, where Jesus is going here, a lot of that, I'll tell you this too, a lot of that is because we think we're alone in following Jesus. And you need to understand, God's put people around, the people sitting around you right now for a reason. Because we're not called to follow Jesus by ourselves. We're called to follow Jesus together. I need you. You need me. We need each other. If not, we go astray. So these three words. We will follow. 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 We will follow because Jesus called us. We will follow because Jesus died for us. We will follow because Jesus rose again. We will follow because Jesus forgave us. We will follow because Jesus loves us. We will follow because the church needs us to. We will follow because we want to help others find and follow Jesus. Church, let's prove to the world that we are disciples of Jesus. Let's get behind Jesus and follow him in such a way that people can't help but see that we are his disciples. I want to read one more passage of scripture from John chapter 17 just to let you peek a little bit more into the heart of Jesus who is for you. And I want to say this often because I probably don't say it often enough. I want you to understand as pastors, as leaders in your church, I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm talking for our, our entire team of God-called men. We are so for you. We are for you. We want God's best for you. We want him to work in your marriage. We want him to work in your parenting. We want him to work in your workplace. We want you to experience him on a daily basis. But listen, so much more does Jesus find himself for you. And if you start opening scripture, that's what you find over and over again, his heart for people. And notice the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, of which we're going to take a snapshot of. John chapter 17, Jesus the Son talking to the Father on our behalf. John chapter 17, verse number 20. I'm praying not only for these disciples. What disciples? Well, Peter and John and Mark and Matthew and Luke, you know, those guys in the Bible. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Now who's he praying for? Everybody raise your hand. If you're a believer, raise your hand. He's praying for me. He's praying for you. I pray, Jesus, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us 
so that the world, now I want to pause right for just a moment. We think about the world, a lot of times we think about this big old round thing that spins around and around and around and around. I want you to, I want you in this moment to picture your neighbors who aren't followers of Jesus. I want you to picture your family members who are not yet followers of Jesus. I want you to picture your coworkers who are not yet followers of Jesus. I want you to think about your friends who are not followers of Jesus. And by the way, uh, if your friends are leading you away from Jesus, you got some choices to make. But if you got friends who aren't followers of Jesus, I'm for you because they need somebody to lead them to Jesus. So lead your friends to Jesus. But I want you to picture those people. And Jesus says... And may they, my disciples, be in us so that my neighbors, my friends, my family members, your neighbors, your friends, your family members, so that the world will believe you sent me. This is not about everybody thinking we're a good church and we're good people. This is about everybody in the world recognizing the grace of God in our lives so they can experience it too. That's why we follow Jesus. We're not trying to earn our way to heaven. It's been bought. It's been paid for. Jesus did it. But other people don't know that, and they will see it, and they will believe it when we follow Jesus. So next steps for you to consider this morning. First one is love, and we got a blank there. I don't know who you need to love right now that God is stirring your heart up about, about, man, I need to prove that I'm a disciple. I need to love each other. Uh, Maybe for you, the word just needs to be this name. It needs to be Jesus. Maybe that's the first thing for you right now is you just need to, you need to love Jesus. Uh, maybe your spouse comes to mind right now and you need to love them and love them well. Maybe your neighbor comes to mind. Maybe a fellow follower of Jesus comes to mind. Maybe an enemy comes to mind. Who, does he need, who, who is he calling you to love Right now, to prove to the world that you are a disciple. And then this next step, follow Jesus. Now for some of you in this room, that that looks like turning away from sin to a savior. From saying no to your way now and saying yes to Jesus being the Lord, the master, the director of your steps for the rest of your life. It looks like coming out of lostness into being rescued. It looks like an admittance of sin and a receiving of a Savior with a willingness to follow him. And that's what Jesus has called you to do. Not to merely accept him, but to follow him. He's calling you. Out of your despair, out of your hopelessness, out of your dismay, out of the abrupt ending that is going to come to your life one day in death that's going to lead to everlasting separation from him in a place called hell into changing that into a place called heaven and giving you a life to live on the way. For some of you, that's the call right now. For some of us, who have already believed in Jesus, and I'm not questioning your faith, but the following has not been present in your life, and at best you're meandering right now. Jesus is calling you to follow him. 
Some of you he's calling to be baptized. You need to announce to the world through water baptism that you are a follower of Jesus. For some of you, following Jesus looks like getting into the word daily so you can see what Jesus says, so you can watch his steps and follow him. For some of you, it's a calling to interact with Jesus daily rather than intersecting with him when you have time on Sunday. For some of you, following Jesus looks like getting with other disciples of Jesus so that they can help you in following Jesus. Let's prove to the world that we are disciples of Jesus. Here's the amazing thing. Anybody, that's a big word, anybody can be a disciple of Jesus. Guess what? This room's proof of it. Right? We're proof of it. We're proof of God's grace. We want you to be a follower of Jesus. We want you to experience his salvation. And oh, church, those of you who have already believed, oh, that we would follow Jesus so that people would just know that we're his disciples. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the call to follow you. We thank you for the rescue that you've provided through your death, through your burial, through your resurrection. We thank you for the life that you've given and the hope that you've provided, the future that you have secured. And Father, I pray that anyone that has never experienced you and the life changing that Jesus brings, that they would experience that today. And you would change and alter the course of their life and their eternity. And oh, I pray that we, your church, would prove to the world that we are your disciples. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.